Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Liverpool moved up to second in the Premier League, courtesy of a 3-0 win here at Anfield against Brentford this, uh, this afternoon. It's now uh, nine straight victories at home for the Reds this season in all competitions and uh, another uh, game where a couple, at least, of the fabulous, famous front five have uh, once again been on the score sheet this time it was two from Mohamed Salah and one from Diogo Jota as the Reds uh, performed well on the day and it was another ultimately routine home victory in a game that was uh, quite enjoyable for the neutral in all honesty um, Liverpool played uh, particularly well in the first half created a number of chances and Darwin Nunes uh, had the ball in the net twice with both of them being ruled off um, as offside the first one was very marginal his heel um, just before he stuck away a miss hit shot from Dominic Sabozlay and then another improvised finish and almost a overhead after um, Mark Flecken and saved from Joel Matip and uh, if the Uruguayan international was frustrated with the two offside calls he didn't really let it show he turned in an excellent performance on the day he was a constant threat and a menace for Brentford's back line and it was uh, him who turned provider for Salah to open the scoring uh, towards the end of the first half a wonderful finish from Salah who is now up to uh, 12 goals in all competitions for his uh, season and um, Thomas Frank after the game called the Liverpool number 11 as one of the top three players in the world and almost called him the uh, the best player in the Premier League so that is quite high praise for the Egyptian whose um, excellent campaign particularly here at Anfield goes on um, he made it 2-0 after the break when he turned home Costa Simicasa's cutback um, it was a header but he didn't even have to get off the ground he just nodded it home from close range to make it 2-0 and after a check, uh, Liverpool were given that second goal and the breathing space that their performance deserved. Jota made a 3-0 with a superb goal inside the final 15 minutes when he cut inside, off the left and rattled one past Flecken, um, who had no answer for it. And Liverpool were fully deserving of the victory, which now takes them up to second above Arsenal on goal difference. Um, Manchester City currently playing Chelsea as I've recorded this. So we'll see uh, what happens with that one, but that clash now at the Etihad on the other side of the international break is looking like a mouth-watering one, isn't it? Um, Liverpool will go there on the back of an excellent uh, performance here. A little bit of a wobble last week at Luton and then the defeat to lose in the Europa League, but uh, 
Liverpool showed no ill effects from that. Today is the Swatter side Brentford with another confident performance uh, here at Anfield. Um, that game now against Manchester City on November the 25th is uh, first against second. And how many times have you said that in recent years between Man City and Liverpool? It's going to be a uh, Titanic clash, but Jurgen Klopp is not too happy with the 12:30 schedule for that one. He once again reiterated his opposition towards that particular time slot. And uh, who can blame him really when Liverpool are having to arrange uh, specific um, private jets to fly back the uh, South American quartet of Alisson Becker? Uh, Darwin Nunes, Luis Diaz and Alexis McAllister, all four of those will be looking to play a significant part in that game at the Etihad. And of course, City might grumble at it themselves, having uh, their own South American contingent. But uh, for now, Liverpool head into the international, into the international break in fine fettle. It's finished here at Anfield. Liverpool 3, Brentford 0. The post-game podcast on the Blood Red Channel. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Chris one hundred percent that's exactly the... losing a game play not too well makes not a lot of sense it's just when you think about a season when you look back to other seasons there was no season where you win all your football games so it's only if it happens you just have to to take the right, the right things out of it to make the right conclusion. And I'm really pleased that we used that opportunity to to lose against Toulouse and then reacting in the way we did today. So we will never find out, but maybe we would have wanted to lose with a fantastic performance and we struggled today completely against Brentford. Uh, but it's absolutely possible because you have these struggling moments around set pieces, so you can't avoid them. Um, the wind plays a part. But how we control the moments we could control was absolutely exceptional. I think all the moments when we could keep the ball on the ground, when we could play football, when, when Darwin connected for, for the game for us exceptionally, um, we were super dangerous for them. We scored wonderful goals, to be honest. And um, yeah, it was a really good performance against one of the most difficult opponents you can face. Yeah, but but that's <laughs> it's not only centre backs. So obviously, played a really good game, and it's super difficult. I think the the, the big chance in Boma had in the first half, the pass was already exceptional. It was not a centre half there because after set piece, probably, and Trent was the one one pass. 
you, these situations could have happened much more often because they are just that good. Um, but generally, the defending was really good. And standout in this defending was really Darwin. So how, because it's all about that Brentford wants to play long balls, it's one thing, but it's, we need to know when. And we only can influence that by, by one player. So when, we, when we start pressing from the center, you have to go for the goalie without getting the ball. <laughs> we pass it to the center arm, we follow that. So like the work rate was insane. It was our problem today, obviously. So we, we, we had a very young bench and in a set-piece game and with Harvey and then Lucho having not the, the set-piece specialists, let me say like that, to, to bring on. Um, was a bit tricky, so it was clear that we have to that a lot of them have to play really, really long. Um, and because Brentford never changed, they changed details, but not a general plan. We have one nil down, no problem. Two nil down, then you know, one set piece and game on. And um, so we came through that period with the six set pieces, I think six corners. Um, I'm not sure that happened ever before. They had six corners and didn't score. Um, it was really it was just good focus. Were great, um, and then on top of that, playing football and overcoming like a little Costa Simicas example. So you, we we all could see the difference between Costa before the assist and after the assist. That's football, eh? that's life. Um, it is helpful if you ever get a positive feedback, and the assist is obviously a positive feedback. So very important, and um, a lot of players, actually all players, really performed on a top level today, and I'm really happy with that. Just a long solid year. <laughs> yes, well, deserved. Crazy. Oh. And go and and, and game number and goal number two hundred, right, for Liverpool. And nobody celebrated the first, the second, the going on 200 in the first moment. That's very strange. Um, exceptional, just an exceptional player. We played a super game today, and we all know how difficult it is against these tall center back center halves, whatever. Two players around him, all these kind of things. How often he kept the ball for us, and we could play from there. That was super important, and scoring two goals. Yeah. Um, we had so many good moments in the first half where we scored, but it was offside and things like that. And then in that moment, the, the composure for the first goal is just insane. There's no doubt if the ball is in that, in that area, and in the end, you see it on the, uh, on the score sheet. So, pretty special player. Um, yeah. Paul Joyce. Football is, is strange. You would have asked me three days ago, just about a feeling, not about what I know about it, about the feeling. It's just, uh, uh, what should I talk about the start? The start is the start, and now we have to play Brentford. It's exactly actually how I how I see it. But obviously, you look at the numbers, you look at the games, you look at the results. Most of the time, it was okay or better. Draw it 
appointed Luton didn't feel great. The, the, the Tottenham game in the circumstances obviously didn't feel great. Uh, don't know the other game, so it's it's absolutely all right if you just don't really think about it. So today it is we had to get through this game, and we did. And we the boys responded sensationally well. And now they're all gone again, and we come back, and we can train once and play City. Now, and I, okay, we won, and I can, nobody can say at the moment, but it's how can you put the game like this? On Saturday, 12:30. Honestly, the people who are, who are making these decisions—they are just—they they cannot feel football. It's just not possible. They must. If, if that's the, the the moment where you where the world pays the most to see a football game, nobody has to tell us. I don't know if that's the case or not. I really don't know. But I think there would have been a moment where you could let these two teams, who have all together probably 30 international players. They all come back in the same plane, by the way. The South Americans sit on the same plane and fly back. We pick them up, and then Uruguay, Brazil, Argentina, all Colombia, one game, one plane, and then we arrive here. So it's really mad. Yeah, but the start of the season is the start of the season. And before the game against Man City, nobody will think about the start of the season because we just have to make sure we are ready for this game. So it's all right, but not more. Last one, Richard Jolly. Good. No, fine. I, I didn't know it. Uh, that it, it's possible. I, I didn't think about it, but I got told. Um, yeah, it feels good, but it's November. So, that, but it's really important that we have the points. Tally, like similar to other teams, because we obviously didn't play perfect football yet, not even close. We fight ourselves through. We have good moments, lots of good moments. We have we showed today a top reaction. It's all fine, but in the end, it's, you have to keep going with all the other teams until March, April, whatever. If you and if you are still there, then we can start talking. Until then, it's just fight yourself through the most difficult league in the world. Be ready. If, on Thursday, be ready on Sunday, be ready on Thursday, and if the Premier League has the opportunity to do it, then be ready on 12.30 on Saturday, um, and then we, we do that. Thank you, Ariel. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Steve Dawson on Liverpool's 3-0 win at Anfield. Pretty pleased with that. I'm in um, Otop, which is a, a part of Patong, which is the party capital of um, Phuket in Thailand. And um, not too many Liverpool fans out in town today. Saw one or two Liverpool shirts. But um, although there's quite a lot of people in and around drinking and watching football, not, not too many Liverpool fans that I could see. But the few of us that were there, I think, had a pretty good night overall. Um, Obviously, I've been on the beers, so hopefully I can remember the four points that I want to make. Uh, let's see. <laughs> um, first of all, the lineup. Uh, I thought when I saw it, it might be 4-2-3-1 with um, Zabozlai coming back in an unfamiliar sort of double pivot alongside Endo and, and that Gakpo would play in the withdrawn fourth player up front. But most of the media outlets had it at 4-3-3, and when I look at the the shape on the pitch that does seem to be what they played and then you know when I realized also how 
how few players we had potentially who could start on the left side of a midfield three, uh, giving, given unavailability. That, that seemed to be the, the sensible call. But he did play it quite central, um, Gakpo, from time to time. And I enjoyed his contribution. And it's nice, isn't it, to see that he's so, you know, he's, he's got so much variation in, in, in what he can offer. Um, so alongside him, Endo, you know, I'll say again, I, I think, um, and keep in mind that, you know, I was in a bar, I'm, I can't hear crowd reaction, I can't hear commentary, all I've got is Dire Straits and Doja Cat, uh, but, you know, visually, I was very, I was very happy once again with what Endo's doing, I think he's always wanting the ball, I think he, he plays those 10, 15 yard passes, um, you know, accurately which is you know low percentage low percentage stuff but but he's in midfield it's not like a defensive 10 to 15 yard pass he's got people 360 degrees around him and I think he manages that situation quite well and although he doesn't burst between lines um, like a couple of the players we were linked with in the summer he does just sort of drop a shoulder change direction and take one or two players out in that movement creating a little bit of space for him I I like the way he moves I, I like it I think I think it's um I think it's pretty good. Um, Nunes watch. <laughs> Again, it was particularly in the first half, wasn't it? Just Darwin being Darwin. I mean, those two goals that he got himself in an offside position for, which is, well, the, I mean, the first one, okay. So the first one, um, he did his best to miss it, didn't he? Hit the inside of the post. Uh, there was millimetres in it. You can't really, can't blame him for that. And he did put the ball in the back of the net, let's be fair. The second one, I mean, what a finish. Uh, and I, and I, I don't blame him for the offside either. It was just one of those situations. He actually tried hard to get back onside. It was a, it was a rapid change in direction of play. And, um, you know, sometimes you just can't get the right side of the defender there. But uh, super finish. And then the assist for Mo, you know, top class. It's so much fun to watch him. He's, he's uh, you know, I think marginal improvements month by month from Darwin Nunez and... I'm, I'm glad we've got him in our team. The other player that I that I want to mention, because what I'm starting to fear is we'll stop mentioning him because he's so good. A little bit like Mo Salah. I mean, Mo got his brace today. No plans to really mention him today because it's par for the course, isn't it? It's what, it's what we expect from Mo Salah. Um, Dominic Zaboslai. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying his overall contribution to the game was outstanding in terms of, you know, goals and assists, etc., etc., but when he's on the ball, he's just a different class, isn't he? So calm, so cool, immaculate first touch. So relaxed that he can just play the ball where he wants to. Little short passes outside of the foot. Finds players effortlessly, just as Mo does. And the way he links up with Mo over there on that right-hand side of the field, and um, together with Trent, it's an absolutely gorgeous triangle. Um, loving it. Let's hope City lose uh, at the time of recording this. They haven't kicked off yet. Who knows? If they get battered 6-0, we could be on top of the league. At Gullasahi on Twitter. G-U-L-A-S-A-H-I. Important victory for Liverpool, really. A home to Brentford in the Premier League after two really disappointing results and disappointing performances away at Luton and Toulouse earlier on in the week. And it was important, obviously, for Liverpool going into, after the international break, they go away to Manchester City, which will no doubt be a very difficult game. So Liverpool needed to position themselves to sort of amplify the good work that they've done 
in the first period of the season and put themselves into a, a solid position before that really difficult away trip. And Brentford is a difficult side to play against at times, especially in the second half when they, they go to press the ball. They actually got a, a quite a good pressing structure which forced Liverpool into multiple errors on the ball. But they played very direct, very much looking for second balls and to disrupt the opposition by picking up them second balls and gaining territory in the final third by going longer with longer passes. And Liverpool's centre-halves had to be very good, I felt, today to be able to manage that situation. They also have Mbemo, who is a, is a threat, can open his legs, can move, and has got a good left foot as well. So they always carry the threat throughout the game, I felt. But I felt Liverpool managed it enough to be able to come out, well, on the right side of the results, and, and deservedly so, really. And I felt one of the, the reasons that Liverpool were able to do so was the performance of Virgil van Dijk. And throughout this season, I think Van Dijk's been excellent. And I know there was a lot of talk, obviously, last season about Van Dijk being below his level in some quarters, even saying he's no longer, you know, <laughs> the 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 top level player that he that he is, which was just ridiculous, really. Van Dijk struggled at times last season, as did the team he was playing in. I don't think he could, apart from the goalkeeper state, anybody who came out of last season really with that much credit. And at times with Van Dijk last season. The great thing about Van Dijk, for me, the greatest, most complete defender to have played the game. And that might sound a a massive comment and people might look at it and say, oh, ridiculous, you know, Liverpool biased and all this kind of thing. I, I don't have any doubts about that. I think Van Dijk, over the period of time that he's been at Liverpool, obviously minus the last year in which he and the team struggled, has put on a level of performance of a centre-half, a complete performance of a centre-half, that I don't believe any other centre-half has been capable of. See, certainly that I've seen during my lifetime, and I'm 39 years of age now, and I think any sort of revisionism to that statement, I think is just pure nostalgia taking place, and the fact that many of the games weren't as televised, you know, social media wasn't as big a thing as it is now to be able to watch back some of the performances of his predecessors. But no one's played as well as Van Dijk in that period. When you think of Liverpool winning the title, getting three of the highest points tallies ever seen in English football, but also reaching three Champions League, Champions League finals within that period as well. But his overall game, and I think whilst obviously he's not back to that absolute pinnacle level, I do believe there's signs that he is getting back to... Well, for me, he's never not been the best centre-half in the Premier League. But I think, undisputably, at this moment in time, his level is the best best defender in the Premier League. I think the, the trouble with Van Dijk as well is what you're sort of rating him against is the barometer of what he's done before. And the barometer of what he's done before, for me, like I've just said, is above anything else, most complete. So the next level down from that, probably what we're seeing now, is just the best defender in the league, which for anybody else would be their absolute pinnacle, I suppose. And... I feel not just today, but throughout the season. I know he had an aberration against Newcastle, which when I say an aberration, I mean he, he kicked through the, the, the ongoing attacker and, and, and was deservedly sent off. It was a, 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 a misjudgment, if you like, from him. But this season, all of the traits which have made him the best player in that particular position of return for me is reading of the game. I think one of the things, like I talked about, he struggled with last season was his judging a distance. So very often... He, it, just in his, his engagement with the attacker was slightly off 
in that shots were coming in. Maybe it was perceived as Van Dijk wasn't getting getting tight early enough. And I believe that was the case. It, just that judgment reading was wrong. And I think that's the great thing about Van Dijk and his absolute pomp. His ability to be able to judge distance, judge engagement to an attacker was a ceiling above anybody else, which married with his physical capabilities just meant that he was basically an immovable object for forward players within the division and obviously in Europe as well. And you can see even today at times just his ability to snuff out danger, force players into areas they don't want to go and ultimately eliminate the threat that could have been there with any other defender really or a defender who was below the level and it's judging a distance and when to engage has been back this season as far as I'm concerned and he looks all, almost back to that level. When you think about an accumulative package and the reason I say that he, that period that he's had at Liverpool has been un, unbettered by any other, it's just the amalgamation of all the qualities you want in a centre-half, so the ability to be able to manage distances in behind because of physicality, acceleration. We know that his ability to be able to hit top speed over the years and be able to then shepherd attackers out of that danger zone has just been top drawer. It allows Liverpool to play with such a high line throughout their successful era. We know that, again, when we talk about, you know, the past and in, in, in how football was played, people don't take into account how, how much easier it is to defend deeper with protection in front of you. You're talking about Van Dijk having to defend basically the halfway line during this period of his superiority. So that was the first thing. His ability to win in aerial duels has been unmatched in Europe since he's well, since he's he's played centre half. I mean, his dominance is shown by the statistics even this season. So you can't beat him in the air in terms of if you want to go long and high. You can't run him behind him because of that acceleration and that ability to judge distance. And think about the other elements to his game as well. The fact that he's a regular threat in the opposition's box in, in terms of being able to, to carry that threat with head not headed opportunities and also on the ball as well when we talk about the attacking side of the game because his ability to be able to switch play with elevated balls, beat pressure when Liverpool are under organised pressure and be able to play out over teams wide, especially into Salah, uh, has been a, a feature throughout. And again, I, see, I think we've seen a pass today, which he played cross-field to Salah. And the weight of the pass, you know, to be able to just open up his body, play off that right foot and be able to hurt the opposition in one ball. There's just, there, there hasn't been, there hasn't been Anybody close for me in terms of that all-round package, there really hasn't. And like I say, anything else is nostalgia. Everyone else has had a weakness, whether that be not being as great on the ball, whether that be not being able to manage balls in behind, whether it be an aerial dominance, judging, judging the distances in terms of when to engage, rashness, all of these qualities, one or another of the players who've come before him have had, and he hasn't had any of them. And I really believe that Liverpool's success or how far they can go this season will be based on his performance over the remainder of the campaign, really. In, in Obviously, alongside the organisation of the team. But if he can be that dominant and, and start the way he has this season, then Liverpool have got a really good really good opportunity to, to do as well as the rest of the players will take them, basically. Um, final one, obviously because I've just touched on Van Dijk, I felt I'd touch upon the other player today who sort of... I think over the last few weeks, really, and, and over his Liverpool career, I think Diogo Jota, I think he's a really under, underrated player, Diogo Jota. And I don't just mean at Liverpool, I mean in the Premier League as a whole. He's the perfect attacking squad player that you'd like to play for your team. He can operate in all different areas. We remember in his first season when he played as the, the central player in Liverpool's attack and was outstanding. The amount of goals he was able to collate for Liverpool in that season. And also, 
his ability to play off the left-hand side as well. But I think the big thing about Diogo Jota is it's the way he can contort his body to be able to shoot off both feet in, or almost in one movement. His ability to accept the ball under pressure and be, then being able to swivel away and then produce a shot at goal. And he's a clinical finisher. He, for me, it sounds ridiculous with the amount of goals that Salah scores and I might be proved wrong in terms of the data, in terms of the you know, shots on target, conversion rates. But Jota... Off both feet and as an all-round package, I believe he's the best finisher at Liverpool as well. And even today, you know, he just gets it at the edge of the box, makes that little half yard and is able to find that bottom corner with excellent technique and execution. And I think sometimes you look at Jotter and you think to yourself, he isn't the, the biggest physical specimen. So, for example, as a centre-forward, you expect him to be backing into opposition centre-halves or if he plays wide to be able to stretch the pitch and be able to create separation with maybe his, his athleticism. And that isn't really him. His game is more built around cleverness, his ability to extract little half yards to be able to action his his execution of his actions or what he, he'd like to do at that specific moment in time and pick up really intelligent positions to, to ultimately decide the outcome of games by him being in the correct position at the correct time with the ability to not only play off both feet in, in terms of shooting off both feet, but also his ability in the air as well. Massively underrated in terms of the amount of goals he does get in the pen, within the penalty area in the air. And his work off the ball, I mean, I don't think there's many better in terms of reading scenarios and shutting down opposition spaces when they have the ball. And you think he'd be a big player at Manchester City for that particular reason when Liverpool go there in a few weeks. But I just wanted to mention him because I think he is a really valuable player for Liverpool and a really important part of what they do in the in the final third, able to not only get goals, but get goals, I know today wasn't a key goal, but gets goals at crucial moments in time, either to go ahead or be a crucial goal within a game. Even his goal at Toulouse the other day, the way he just manipulates his body, little shimmy, gets it out of his feet, left foot finish. Yeah, I just think his balance and coordination are what make him a top-level player in the Premier League. And yeah, one of the most underrated players in the league for me. So good win for Liverpool tonight. You've been listening to the post game podcast on the Blood Red Channel.